Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the Runners World Podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. Today we're talking with Sabrina Pace-Humphreys about her new book, Black Sheep. We spoke to Sabrina a little bit ago, but it was one of our most technologically advanced recordings as we <laughs> spoke to her was, at yeah. the side of the M6 in a service station. She was on the M6, wasn't she? We, uh, yeah, we weren't roving, yeah, we wasn't were in... roving reporting. We weren't out there in the, <laughs> like, you know, chasing people down <laughs> on the side of the road. No. She, but, um, <laughs> that was great to catch up, talk to her. So, um, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, her, her book is all about, uh, was about her running, but also... Um, her upbringing, the kind of racism that she would um, experience in kind of rural Britain. And she felt like there wasn't a subject, r- like rural racism wasn't really something that was talked about in the same way that uh, there are se- you know, several books about the kind of racism in cities yeah. that she wanted to talk about in um, in the countryside. And yeah, she's obviously part of Black Trail Runners and doing great things to, to make uh, trail running more diverse. So um, yeah, great to chat to her about all those things. But Ben... Before all that, tell us about your running, what you've been up to. Uh, nothing to blow your mind with, sadly, Rick. <laughs> I'm going to say, I've had some product come through. Could have made something up. I'm going to make something up. No, I've had some stuff come through uh, from a gear point of view, testing that's that's coming out. Um, the embargo lifts this week, so I can't say what it is, but it's it's a very fast shoe, and it's a bit bonkers. And... Um, <laughs> Has you got four or five carbon plates? It's got several hundred carbon plates in it and a rocket. <laughs> and also, no, but it's, it, it, they are mad. And yeah, so um, did some running in those last week and, and a bit the week before. I got, I've got ill again, Rick. I, just, just, I got ill again and then couldn't run for a little bit. So I sort of tried to, tried yeah. to pack more running into last week than I probably should have. Okay. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so we had some interesting bits and pieces come through. And we've got new Garmin watches that we're testing, the 955. And just, yeah bits of bits and bits of tech which i always love doing um yeah you're, you're the tech guy i think really in our team i i really enjoy it uh, i think it's all fascinating that you know we're somewhat tied to these bits of equipment that can make running such a different activity mm. than than it ever was i find it fascinating but anyway yeah but the running itself has been has been all good what about you yeah been um been trying to add in a bit more um quality work i guess because I think, yeah, having come back from the NEOP, I've been kind of just, yeah, focusing principally on just get, like getting out semi-regularly again. Um, but yeah, I'm going to try, did a little bit of stuff this morning. It's just like, uh, not not a huge session at all. I think I just did like three times, three times a kilometre. Because I feel like with speed work, you can think like, what did I used to be able to do? And then suddenly you're injured again. So I was like, I'm going to do three times a kilometre along with some easy running like before and afterwards. Um 
and there's a kind there's a kilometer um loop on the park i swear it's longer <laughs> i'm like that's not a kilometer there's no way i'm trying really hard and doing it that time but um yeah it was good i mean that's, that's the thing about like i always think hard running is like the idea of 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 hard running is the worst part really when you're actually in it and certainly after it it's, it's there's a sort of um don't know it's quite um life affirming in some ways so it's actually quite nice to do a bit so i'm definitely going to try and keep in touch at least at least a couple of times a week with like some quality running um but i think the bigger news was uh over in wales this weekend uh when a man did indeed beat a horse in the man versus horse marathon come on it's the news everyone's been waiting it's incredible yeah it's very rare i mean i think it's that race has been going for about 35 years now and it's the third time that a human's beating a horse um and Ricky Lightfoot, the great fell runner from the lakes, uh, came down and beat the horse. He took home three and a half grand, which isn't bad, is it, for a kind of fairly small-scale race? Yeah, that's great. Um, when you mentioned your speed work, Rick, and, and being now that there is a baby in your house as lo- yeah. alongside another child, how, how are you doing from a sleep point of view? Oh, not too bad. It, it's working fine. I think, realistically, am I going to run my best running for a couple of years? Probably not, but... Um, I can get out enough to to do something that I'm like proud of. It, it sounds like you're getting some sleep, which is which is what I'm what is which is what I'm getting around yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, I'm get, yeah, I am, I am, I am, I am. I, I'm not, and I <laughs> and, and it, it got it, it got me. It, it's been really bad, and and it reminded me of a study that came out in in 2014, which is it was called chronic lack of sleep okay. association with increased sports injuries in adolescent athletes. So it's adolescents, but anyway, it's from it's from 2014. But it's it's likelihood of injury based on hours of sleep per night, and athletes who slept an average of uh, eight hours per night, less le- eight hours or less, yep. have a 1.7 times greater risk of being injured than those who slept for eight or more hours. Hmm. Eight, eight or more feels like quite a way off for me at the minute. <laughs> I do not remember the last time I got close to seven. So to eight, eight. So basically, sleep, sleep is crucial, Rick. In this, it's even better than those compression socks, actually. Do you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I reckon I can get by on four hours of sleep, but as long as my calves are all warm and snug, I'll be all right. Beetroot juice, compression socks, and four hours sleep. Dreamy. There you go. You're fine. Well, actually, on the on the sleep front, so this this is gonna make you feel bad, Ben. But Ricky Lightfoot said he, he had he didn't he hadn't slept for twenty four hours before the race of uh, Man vs Horse because he'd been he'd been I think over in not the Canary Islands but somewhere like that and had flown straight back and then he had to wake up at four a.m. or something to to uh, drive sort of almost from the airport to uh, to the race, go and beat a horse over twenty two miles, All right, well. and then go home um, to nice. to be a firefighter. So. He's a hero, isn't he? He's a hero. He's a horse-beating hero. And with a brilliant name as well, Lightfoot. Imagine you were called, you'd be a better runner immediately if you were called Ben Lightfoot. Oh, Deepole, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I think we should probably get our guest of the week on. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Guest of the week. Here in the studio. Guest of the week. Sometimes on the phone. Could be an athlete. Could be a physio. Or a complete unknown. Well, Sabrina, welcome back to the Runners World podcast. Last time we had you on, you were talking with Sonny about Black Trail Runners. Could you give us a quick update on where where that is? What what have the develop, developments been since we talked about a year ago? And um, and remind people of what the kind of uh, aims are of of Black Trail Runners. Yeah, well, it was actually more than a year ago because it was just after we'd launched, and we'll have been launched two years this Ju- this July. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, I mean we. 
it's phenomenal the growth of black trail runners i mean we initially started when we were talking to you really as a, a community and campaigning group which is still at our heart um in order to ask the question you know why that why is there a lack of diversity in trail running why is there a lack of black people participating in trail running and i think kind of maybe when we spoke to you we we had a maybe a couple of hundred kind of people um on instagram and stuff like that and now yeah we've got thousands of members um we are a registered charity we became we were incorporated as a charity last year we've gone from being purely an online community which we were when we spoke to you to now very much um, an events-driven um, community comprising of us putting together trail taster days. Um, we've got our first UK event taking place this September, which is the first UK race to be race directed by a black person, marshaled, volunteered by black people. Um, and the, 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 tip, the entries for that are just phenomenal in terms of the diversity. Um, we have launched into partnerships with various kind of events companies and brands who too are seeking to increase diversity of black and brown people in trail running. It's just, it has been from that small kind of shell of an idea, it has absolutely surpassed all of our expectations. And I mean, it could be a full-time job. We're still volunteer run. Um, but it's you know it's it's our purpose and passion is is to grow it is to continue to address the barriers to, to uh, for black people in trail running which are kind of around access skills and representation so yeah since we spoke rick it yeah it's kind of almost gone stratospheric really that's brilliant and i, I didn't know that um there were no other races that were that had a, a black race director um which is just amazing isn't it, it shows you yeah the importance for it yeah absolutely and that is important to us because you know you can't be what you can't see which is you know is is something that you know certainly we say a lot in terms of that mm. representation so you know there is no reason why black people can't be race directors yeah. here in yeah. the uk or globally um it just it takes having the right support structure around you it takes having kind of a great um kind of skills base to draw from and and you know since the beginning of um of the, the conception of black trail runners um one of those race events companies that have have supported us in the background and has have kind of given us the confidence in order really i think to go ahead and, and put on this race is centurion running james elson who who heads that up so so yes, yeah, Sunny is our is our first yeah that what well, I think is and I'm sure is the UK's first black race director. This goes to show like the appetite that was there Absolutely. for people to you know black people and people of color to run in in uh, you know rural places and in in an environment that wasn't the city and an urban landscape and it's just as you say what you guys have been doing has has been great and it's just lovely to see that that people are or in areas of the country which aren't perhaps always accessible that's it that's it and and you know areas of the company uh, areas of the country that are have historically been deemed as white spaces you know and spaces which you, you need to have money to get to you need to have the right kit in order to explore you need to have the right skills in order to be safe and we knew because we had been trail running you know the six of us that initially came together with the idea of black trail runners we, we know what a healing place the outdoors can be, you know, getting off road and, 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 and 
you know, the whole the concept of moving your body forward in whatever way you deem as fit in the countryside, you know, whether that is fast hiking, trail running, you know, running very fast and winning races, whatever that is, you know, the outdoors and, and the countryside is a place of healing. And certainly in terms of my own journey to trail running and, and how I use it, I use it very much to manage my mental health, my depression and anxiety. So all I want is for more people that look like me to be, to to have the opportunity and have the community to be able to do that. You know, and the, the thing that I say, I think kind of after we spoke, Rick, on the podcast, I think one of the one of the negative uh, kickbacks that we had was, well, isn't this creating divi- division? Isn't this you know, dividing the community. And actually, you know, what we aim for is that there will come a point where we don't need to have a black trail runners because actually the trail running community is full of variety, is, has that diversity. It doesn't at the moment. And that's why we exist. And you, you touched on some of these themes, Sabrina, in your in your new book, um, Black Sheep. Can you tell us a little bit more about why you wanted to write it and um, yeah, what it's all about? Yeah, so I had never, I'll be totally honest and upfront now, I never, ever thought I would write a book. It's not something that I had in the life plan. Writing was always something that actually I kind of really shied away from. And it was in lockdown that I was chatting to a friend who's an author. Um, It was after the murder of Amu Darbury and then subsequently George Floyd. And when I was kind of starting to talk about Black Trail Runners, I was talking about what it is to be a a black person living in the countryside. You know, for, for many, many, many years growing up, I did not see other black people. I did not see other girls, adolescents, 20-somethings that look like me. I live in a small market town in the Cotswolds. And she just basically said to me, Sabrina, I reckon, you know, why don't you start writing some of these things down, some of these stories that you're telling me? Because there isn't a book out there that talks about the black experience of of, of rural racism from a lived experience point of view. And you know what? I was so anxious about it because, you know, you, you think as someone that doesn't really necessarily call themselves a writer or, you know, you think who wants to who wants to listen, do you know? And um, probably about nine months later, I put together enough material that she took a look at it and then put me in touch with with her agent who subsequently took me on. And four months later, I have a, a, a you know, a, a kind of auction for my book, which was like blow, blew my mind. You know, that is not something that I ever thought would happen. And so Black Sheep, it's a memoir. It talks about, it very much focuses on um, a chronological kind of of me growing up, moving to a a small market town, my experience of of racial abuse, um, how that impacted upon me. But also, you know, this book very much, I wanted it to be inspirational too. So it contains 12 different experiences, 12 different stories throughout my life. Rural racism being a massive part of that, but also becoming a teenage mum. You know, I was pregnant at 17. I had my first child at 18. You know, dealing with uh, addiction. You know, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I used running as a way to manage my mental health. I suffered with extreme postnatal depression after the birth of my fourth child. And it was my GP that said, Sabrina, along with medication and talk therapy, why don't you do something for yourself? 
why not try jogging? And I hated running. I hated it. I would laugh at road runners as I would be in the car, going to the gym. I'd be like, why are they wearing short shorts? Why, you know, all of that stereotypical stuff. Yeah. But, you know, run, running gave me, and still to this day, gave me headspace. It gave me a point in my day where I could put all of my stresses and strains and struggles aside and and just focus on moving my body forward in a way that felt felt joyful to me um so this book it, it chronicles that journey from being a small child right through to you know doing the ramsey round with black trail runners last year which again is, is something that runners world um runners world highlighted when we'd done that so it it's kind of from then to now um and i i just hope that it includes as well as the traumatic stories i just hope that it helps just one person feel seen, feel that's me, that's what my life is or was like and, and feels inspired. We've, we've championed the cause of running as a great sort of medicine, basically, and, and talked about it in its capabilities of, of freeing you and allowing you to have a bit of, as you say, time to yourself and, 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 a, and, a, and, a, and a, a bit more purpose and, and things like that. When you first started running, as you say, like you hated it, but you kept going. What was it that kept you going? You know what it was? Can you remember? I I don't know if you guys can remember back to the first time you ever ran, but I remember it so vividly. I I think because I was so mentally unwell, I had a very, I had, you know, four children. I just had my youngest. I had had my 12 week um, check with my GP and and she had highlighted, she had basically said, Sabrina, I think you're suffering from postnatal depression because I was so low. And was having such dark thoughts. But that first run, I remember, I wanted it to be somewhere, and I describe it in the book, where no one would see me. I was extremely overweight. So I went down to our local canal tow path, a a small bottle of mineral water in one hand, some basketball shoes on, a baggy t-shirt, and just joggers, which were far too thick for me to be running in. And I did a, it was before before Couch to 5K, so there wasn't even a plan that I was following. But... I ran for one minute. Well, it wasn't even a run. I shuffled for one minute and I walked really slowly for one minute. And I can remember getting to like half a mile, leaning over these metal barriers. And a friend drove past this canal crossing in a car and he texted me to say, Sabrina, you look like you're blown out of your behind. And and I was just, I was also in all sorts of danger. I was in all sorts of struggle. I just didn't know how I was going to get myself home. And but I remember I hadn't had for that, you know, it took me to do that half a mile. It took me like 25, 30 minutes. And the great thing was, Ben, that in that time, I hadn't had thoughts of I shouldn't be here. You know, those dark thoughts like I didn't have the thought of I'm such a crap mum. I'm bad at all of these things. I don't want to be here anymore. All I focused on was my breathing. Like, remember to breathe, Sabrina, pick your feet up, just move yourself forward. You know, it will be over in half an hour. And that those things that we tell ourselves and that I tell myself even now when I'm running about when I'm really feeling it or when I'm tired or when I'm aching, everything else almost like jumps out of your head for that time. Because all you really need to focus on is your breathing, your form, you know, eating, drinking, whatever it might be. And I got back from the run and Neil was like, how was that? And I was like, I hurt in places that I didn't even know existed. 
But in my head, in my head, I didn't hurt as much. And that's what got me going back in a couple of days. And that's what kept me going. And do you think keeping going and um, sort of proving to yourself that you are stronger than than you might have thought physically and all those things, did that help with your life in general? Did it give you confidence? Did Did it make you feel more capable of overcoming other challenges? I think it made me, I think that it made me know that if I put my mind to it, I can do really hard things. You know, I grew up being told, you know, you're not good enough. You're not one of us. Who do you, why, what gives you, what do you think gives you the qualification to be doing this? You know, look at you, who would, you know, all of these, these things that, you know, not just black people, but if you're around people that aren't gunning for you, that the people will have experienced. So that act of running when I was so mentally ill, when I was juggling so many things in my own life, at that point, I was running my own business. I, mother of four, I was the main breadwinner. You know, there was a lot going on. And I just, to add running to that at that time seemed foolish in a sense, but actually it did. It made me believe that, Sabrina, if you put your mind to it, you can maybe on this run go for five minutes more. But it wasn't just that five minutes. That then made me think, oh, wow, like in the course of that consistency, in the course of a couple of months, look what I can do now. And then that thought came into my head of, okay, well, what can I do next? You know, that's where the the runner's mentality, if, if you have it, which I do, I'm quite competitive with myself of, okay, I'll do a 10K. Okay, I'll do a half marathon. And over the course of years, okay, I'll do a marathon. Okay, what's after a marathon? And, And that's where trail running and ultra running started to come into it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. What is it now that... Because, I mean, that's such a familiar story of people sort of get very excited about their running and suddenly discover that they can go further and further and further. But what is it? <laughs> but what is it about ultras now, particularly that you've taken on? What, 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 what is it about ultra racing and especially trail running that, that has sort of 
really captured you as a runner? Like, what, 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 what differentiated that from other runs? I think that I came, I think if I talk about trail running first, I think that I, I really was into my road running. I was in a road running club. Um, again, I was the only black person within that club. I, um, you know, did all the, you know, the half, the half marathons, gunning for the PB, 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 how much faster can I go? And it got to a point with, for me, with road running where it, it, it became, it was becoming more of a tool to, to hurt myself mentally with because I couldn't be as fast as such and such who had only started running six months ago. And, and the personality that I am, that I know myself is that it was starting to become quite destructive. So the reason that I took up running was being lost through this kind of competitive, how much faster, how much harder. And it was only when I I went into recovery um, for alcoholism, which I talk about within the book. And I knew that for my 40th birthday, I just, I wanted to do something different, something that wasn't alcohol fuel to mark being on the earth for 40 years. And and I was watching a documentary and came across a documentary about the Marathon Day Saab. And honestly, my route into trail running was in training to do that race. So in 2016, I went from the roads to the trails because there, there ain't no roads in the Sahara. And, um, and you know, what I love about trail running, what I love about trail running is it feeds into everything that is is joyful about the process of running to me. It's nature. It's being able to stop during a trail run and enjoy the most beautiful view, whether that's a sunrise or a sunset, or I'm just on my way back from the Peak District at the moment. Um, you know, be even being at the top of Penny Gen or any kind of summit or high or high hill and knowing that your legs have actually taken you there and the skills that you have to navigate the terrain, to learn how to read a map. I never had to learn how to read a map when I was a, a road runner, but as a trail runner, it's absolutely imperative. And these skills, these these things that trail running has given me, which road running never did, are the reason it just keeps me coming back. That sense of space, like within 10 minutes, I can be alone somewhere with no cars, no noise, no no people looking at what it is I'm doing. I can just be me and be there and, and feel totally present in the environment that I'm in. And, and that's what I love about trail running. What I love about ultra running is that the longer that I'm out, the stronger that I feel. And it's, it's, it sounds quite, quite cliche to say, but the more powerful as a woman and as a black woman, as a mother, I feel the longer I go because I find in ultra races and I mean, there's kind of stats to prove it and science to prove it that females do really well. You know, we are very, very realistic in terms of what our capabilities are. We do a a shed load of research in terms of what we need. And, and, and we, as a mum and as someone that kind of wants to be as safe as she can out on the, on the trails, I try and put myself in situations when I'm going into an ultra marathon that are kind of almost the worst situations I can be in. So that like prepare for the worst. Um, I just love the process of going long. I love that feeling of you, you don't think there's anything left in the tank and you get to a checkpoint on an ultra race and someone will give you, I don't know, 
a packet of a packet of ready salted crisps and a pot noodle and you feel like you're the king of the world because it's exactly what your body needs you know I've done the most crazy things in ultra you know in lockdown just after I think I spoke to you Rick I can't remember I went out and did a, a solo um unsupported um effort which was the whole of the Cotswold Way which was 104 miles that's right yeah I thought, I thought so I sent to Ben about that yeah, yeah. and yeah. I, I went out and I stuck to all of the you know I stuck to all of the cutoffs for the actual race which there is called the Cotswold Way Century which wasn't actually on that year and I and my husband was you know my crew in the camper van but and I did and I because I love I love seeing what my body can do and and getting pushing through that barrier if you think that you think that you're at your limit but actually you're only at 45% of your limit. And, um, and that's what I love about ultras. That's what I love about long distance running. It's that the body's ability to keep going and the mind's ability to actually, because, you know, after a hundred or so miles, the mind, you know, the mental strength kind of has to kick in. And, and I think through what I've been through that I talk about in the book, it's given me a mental resilience, which allows me to, train to do the spine race in two months you know it's yeah um I, this is a sort of way but i'm actually just more interested in this as a general question we often talk to mums who run and they talk about how running and, and testing themselves and i've watched my partner produce two wonderful boys for you know for, as part of our family and what she has done in terms of giving birth far <laughs> far surpasses anything i could possibly do running in terms of endurance so it's quite interesting to hear you talk about how you separate you, you you sort of there's the, the two things are separate i know that obviously childbirth and running are two very very separate things but the, the sort of the, and then we talk about women and how successful they are in ultras and that sort of level of endurance do you do you, do you draw any parallels do you see any sort of like similarities in women's ability to sort of produce children and how phenomenal that is in in and how it relates to just levels of endurance or am i just sort of speculating i i know i know i i i absolutely i mean i've got four you know i've got four grand four, four children and three grandchildren now and i can remember when i was in labor with my fourth and i can remember saying to my husband absolutely having nothing left in the tank and contractions ravaging my body and just i remember looking up at him and just saying i i can't i cannot do this like i can't do this and it's funny because when I did the Cotswold Way Century and, and other kind of ultras that he supported me on since, or when I did the Cotswold Way kind of unsupported kind of my own, my own effort, there was one point in that when I was climbing up towards, I think it was Coley Peak on the Cotswold Way, which is like 65 miles. And there was this party atmosphere up there, my husband said. And, you know, there was like, there was even a balloon arch. I think some of my friends had gone out for me. And he said, when you rounded the corner, I had been so sick on the way up. I couldn't eat anything. I couldn't take any fluid on board. I really thought just paralleled labor. That was, I don't know what more I have to give. And he said, you turn the corner and the vibe dropped massively. <laughs> everyone could just see in your face. And he said, I thought that was it. I thought it was over. I had one of my best friends is a midwife and she kind of was helping him at that point. And she undressed me, dressed me again, shoving food down my throat. And I got out of that checkpoint and I thought, I don't know, you know, just like in labor, like, I don't know if I can do this. Although in labor, you know, you've got to deliver the baby. Um, but within a couple of seconds of like being cared for, 
having that food in me, having a word with myself and saying, look, all it is is a run and you can stop this at any time. You've given birth to four children naturally. There was just that kicker in terms of like the mental, that, that, fit, that devil on my shoulder that's like, come on, come on now. And I think having the experience of being in that stage four times in labour just gave me, I think, this advantage and gives women that advantage. Like, if we can do that, this is a run. Like, this is a run. Like, we're doing this through choice. We're doing it kind of for, like, fun, you know, type two fun or whatever. But but this is something that we choose to do and we're privileged to be able to do it. And yes, our bodies hurt. No, yes, we think we, we're not sure how we're going to put one step in front of the other. But hey, we're mothers, you know, we're mothers, we've done it, we bring up children, we juggle so much. This is, you know, this is supposed to be fun. And I can remember telling me, myself that, then the pot noodle kicked in, the electrolytes started to, you know, do their thing. And I, I was able to complete it. So I do, I do think that females with with what they go through in terms of build, you know, growing babies, delivering babies, looking after their children and, and everything else that goes into that, the mental struggles. You know, I have children of different ages now. My oldest is 26 tomorrow. My youngest is 12. The mental struggle of dealing with those different developmental ages just mean that I've been able to employ some of the strategies that actually I use in ultra running to my motherhood and vice versa. So... I, you know, I, I feel, I feel that I've got a unique set of skills as many women have to go long and to be able to go long and, and, and be strong at going long. What do your um, children make of your running, Sabrina? Are they, are they taking up running themselves? Are they, are they big fans of what you've done on the trails? Rick, they're so bored of it, Rick. They're so bored. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. they're so, I wish, I wish I could sit here and say, oh yeah, you know, I've got future kind of trail running stars. They're always at crewing for you, right? Oh, oh, that you know, no. I've got my twelve-year-old in the car next to this camper van now, and she said to me, "Have you finished on the Pennine Way now? <laughs> Can we?" go home can we please go home they and and they always say to me if you talk about the marathon day sub one more time it's just it's over it's done move on um i know that they're proud of me and one day i hope that one of my three girls or my son or my three grandsons my, my three grandsons will indulge me with running with me or taking up running so i can support them but right now enough mother enough and I'm like it's never gonna it's it's never gonna stop I love running I love the community of uh, that it's given me I love the friends and and it's hey I'm trustee of a, a, a charity called Black Trail Runners I, it's always going to be there I'm always going to be in this game what what have you got coming up for the rest of this year what are the the, the big plans Oh, yeah. So I've got, obviously, the book is being, uh, book's available for pre-order now. It's being launched on the 9th of June. And then, yeah, my I've got Isle of Wight Ultra in two weeks' time. So I'm leaving for that um, as a, like a B race, just as a, a sharpener. And then, yeah, on the 19th of June, I set off on what will be my longest ultra to date, which is the Summer Spine. So the whole of the Pennine Way, 268 miles, Edale to Kelp Yetong, uh, unsupported, yeah so you know it's it's scary the thought of of you know you, you can't have crew checkpoint to checkpoint um checkpoints aren't aren't every 10k which is kind of what i've been used to on ultras um 
Yeah, I've been testing out a lot of kits. Um, you know, we you know what the summer can be like here in the UK. Uh, it can be almost just as, yeah. I mean, I was on Crossfell. I was on Crossfell recceing from Dufton to Crossfell uh, over to Greg's Hat on Sunday. And there was snow. There was snow on the tops. It was, it was crazy. So that's my big event of the kind of first half of the year. Depending on how well I do there, I'm potentially going to actually do the proper Cotswold Way Century race in September, just to get the medal because, you know, a bit of bling. Um, and then, yeah, as I said, we've got, you know, the, the big event in terms of the, the, the community and the charity is our first our first run event, Black to the Trails, which is taking place on the 11th of September at Dunstable Downs. Um, yeah, set to be, based on registrations, the, the UK's most diverse trail race. It's, yeah, black and brown people are currently kind of leading the way in terms of registrations. But, you know, one thing I want to say here is although we are black trail runners, you know, black trail runners is a community for you, whether you're black, brown, white, however you, you know, however you describe yourself. If you want to diversify trail running, if you want to look around at events and see different colour faces, you can be a member of Black Trail Runners. Just because we're called Black Trail Runners doesn't segregate and doesn't stop white people from joining us. It's what something I said in a talk I did last night is that we know that to create a truly diverse trail running environment, we need support across the board and we need members across the board. Yes, ultimately, we're a safe space and a safe community for Black Trail Runners, but ultimately, we know it's the support of everyone that is going to make trail running a totally diverse sport the sport that we want to see to the point where we don't really want to have to have a black trail runners because trail running is totally inclusive so yeah those are the kind of big things that are, are happening this year that will keep me busy well really really exciting stuff and thanks very very much for making the time to come on the podcast and tell us about your book and the plans for the year and black trail runners again and yeah best of luck with all of it thank you thank you very much for your time thanks so much for the interview guys i've really enjoyed it so that brings to the end of this week's runners world podcast a huge thanks to our guest sabrina pace humphreys and to you of course for listening you can subscribe to runners world magazine go to uh, the internet and search runners world uk subscription and then you can get the magazine delivered to your house every single month which is a great treat to have um, visit uh, runnersworld.com slash UK to find uh, all your running needs on the internet and of course with this podcast share it with your friends make sure you've subscribed uh, and if you haven't already just search on the app that you're listening on now for Runners World UK and then find the podcast and subscribe which is probably a long way of doing it but make, just make sure you subscribe that's, that's the message uh, thanks for listening and you will hear from us next week Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.